Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library where I've been spending the last week trying to think of songs that represent how I, how I sort of feel about my position in this library where yeah. I've, been, I've been a guest for coming up on 16 months. Yeah, I think that's a generous way. Uh, uh, while still also being respectful of uh, uh, copyrights. So while it may yeah. appear to some people that I'm just sort of reaching into the back of my mind for any lyrics that I might know from, say, Gilbert and Sullivan or something else that I think is fairly safe uh, to be copyright free, uh, it's, it's, it really is. Like, this comes from the heart. So <coughs> I feel free to join in. Uh, do you know much Gilbert and Sullivan, by the way? Very little. Uh, I'm the very model of a modern major general. It's about as far as I go. With information... Funny that you should mention the Pirates of Penzance, or that I should mention that, because like, that is actually going to come that, up in that today's come book. Up in that is today's it, book, but yes. <laughs> they hated each other, Gilbert and Sullivan. Apparently so. So much. Yeah. And they constantly like broke up, and then they'd run out of money because their solo career sucked. And then, they had and then they'd come back together. And that they worked brilliantly together. I was like. it, and, and sort of exploring that, it made me so grateful that I get to do this and, and make this yeah. with my, my very best friend in the world every just week after week. It's always a pleasure to do it. It's like Yeah, and for our for for our readers at home to to enjoy uh like it it, it warms our, the old cockles. Our uh, inane rumblings yeah. where we pretend to do a literary podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But we do it with we do it with love. Love for oh, yes. for for books in general because we only do books that we love and for our readers at home and wouldn't make sense to do a negative podcast. See, I agree. You know, oh, I I did do a furry one at one point. Oh. Uh, let me see if I can do that off the top of my head. Oh, my God. Let's see if this is going to go. Uh, I am the very model of a fursuiting enthusiast. I stitch and knit and glow and sew and weld and staple very fast. Uh, the animals I imitate I very thoroughly inspect so that all my fursuits are always anatomically correct. Oh, very good. <laughs> I like it, yes. Patter singing. Which, which is the other one that's, that's such a famous example of it? It's the... Uh, is it from uh, West Side Story? I like to be in America. Everything free in America. That's the one. That's, by me in America. That's, but that's West Side Story. in America. But that's West Side yes. Story, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. No, okay. I like the city of San Juan. I know a boat you can get on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. how does it, how does it go? Oh, the, the the excellent commentary on the on the on the perception of America as a land of wealth and the and the reality of immigrant life. Oh, yeah. I like the city in full bloom. Hundreds of people in each room. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I guess the tenement halls were kind of like filled up at certain points uh, <laughs> yeah. with that kind of thing. So knocks yeah. on the doors in America, wall to wall floors in America. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. I mean, wall to wall floors is like <laughs> a, a pretty of, good feature, you know. I mean, like, no. I mean, you'd be pretty boned without. It's like, you know, like what are those split level things? Where floors called? Oh yeah, okay, no, split level. I think yeah, that's, that's what it is. And that was a. I, mean, I, I love the design of those houses, but it, apparently they're terrible for heating properly. Yes, because like all that's the right. yeah, because like all the warmth just like flows up and it's and like, it's just gone. And yeah. there's no way. Like this is why we have doors. This is why uh, we have. I mean, I guess it works in warmer climates, but I, I, I do like that. Like you know, up, up up the stairs, down the stairs, like houses. It's like it, it's quite lovely. Yeah, and you can like have like secret staircases which are like awesome as well i went to the i, I once visited the uh, winchester mystery house oh. in california by uh, Which is still under construction if i'm not mistaken isn't it uh, well <laughs> it was always under construction during her yes she was a uh, uh, the, the the widow of mr winchester of the mm-hmm. of the firearms fame uh, and she was uh, 
she she had a she was a bit touched in the head. Yeah, uh, and she and she did seances and she believed in evil spirits and that noise kept them away. So ah, she, yeah, hence, hence the construction work. Hence the unending ah. construction work. Whereas in Greece, unending construction work keeps the tax man at bay because <laughs> you only have to start paying property tax on your house when it's finished. So almost every house has an unfinished room which is still open to the environment. Oh and it's my just like, goodness! And like, yeah, yeah, we're still working on it. So like, yeah, the house isn't finished yet, so we don't have to pay property tax on it yet. I, I had a Greek friend who, who explained to me that, like, tax avoidance is the Greek national Love sport. Yeah. I mean, a lot of countries claim that, but I think the Greek have, like, have it down to... Uh... But, yeah, like, the, the, the Winchester Mystery House, it has no right being as cool as it is because you... Like, you think, okay, so insane, crazy lady, yeah. uh, and you go into the house, and then there's this this ballroom that's, like, mismatched. It's, it's, it's got two different types of floor and two different types of roof, and then you realize, oh, wow, this was two balconies that used to face each other that oh. have been sort of sealed over, yeah, yeah, and made into a ballroom. That must have been a huge balcony if, if they can turn it into it, a ballroom. It, yes, it was an absolute marvel. Of course, a... a, a Symptom of a, a, an unfortunate and lamentable mind, but such is the fate very often of nobility and aristocracy. Like they, the idle rich, they. Oof. I mean, I guess it. Like, if, if especially if they're self-made fortune, if the fortune is self-made and not inherited, I guess like mm-hmm. it, it requires a certain, you know, little touched in the headness to actually be brilliant and driven enough to to make that kind of money. It's like uh, yeah, that's a generous way to put well, it yes. because there is also like a degree of like selfishness is required. Yes. Oh yes, uh, you, like um, uh, otherwise you just can't what's acquire. The, what's quite the other? So what's much. the other word again? Um, psychopathy. Yes, like how there's a um, as a, there's a disproportionate amount of psychopaths among CEOs. It's yeah. not thirty percent anymore like it used to be, but yeah, it's still at least twice as high as it is in the general population. And like psychopathy by it by itself, like. A psychopathic behavior is obviously uh, very often bad, but it doesn't preclude empathy. It doesn't or empathetic behavior. You can still make conscious decisions not to act upon that thing and like consciously decide to act in a non psychopathic way. I like that about like my favorite character on the Expanse, based on the books yeah. by oh, you've read the books, yeah. The author escapes me right now. Oh dear, the character of Amos, who is this this violent, apathetic cynic. Like he's capable of extraordinary violence, but he's he's almost never angry. He ne- he always does it out of out of survival or priorities or right. whatever. He also picks people that he knows are moral, and he does what they say. Like he he realizes for himself, I'm probably not great at making decisions that are that are good for people. So yeah, let someone else make those. It's James Corey, by the way. Ah, yes, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Corey. So quickly look it up in the old index index system. Yes, there, that's there the we go. <laughs> yeah, that's why I bring the index cards. See, I don't use ah, them for firewood anymore. But I just like to look at them every now and again. As befits a good library. It's so, a good library, did isn't we it? We conclude on the musical interlude uh, that you, you you said you had picked a few things. That are we not going to go oh, with that? Oh, are we going to? No, no, I can I can do that. Let's see what else do I have. So there's the uh, more Gilbert and Sullivan that's just coming to me in the moment because well, it's so let's, appropriate. Let, let's talk about not, not about the song itself, but how, like how it influences your quest for a purpose. No, purpose. it's it's just because the the song that is first foremost in my head is three little maids from school are we part of the school girl well maybe filled to the brim with girlish glee three little maids from school <laughs> oh that's the that's the incredible racist one isn't it it's like the- a, a lot of them are incredible although i do like i saw one of the performances this is uh, uh, yeah. the mikado which is the mikado that's the one yes 
it's not so it pretends to be about Japanese culture and how yeah. it's how it's ridiculous. And it isn't really. It's about British culture and how ridiculous it is. Okay. It's just like it is a savage satire that could only be portrayed like about the about the class system and obligations yeah. by pretending that it's about some racist stereotype or caricature of okay. a, a, a culture that, that they didn't understand. Braid the raven hair, weave the supple dress. And how and how do you interpret this as being I am giving you purpose? I guess maybe I guess maybe I'm just a little little schoolgirl in, in Japan and I just need to like explore my you know gender what happened, identity. I was gonna say you know what happens to schoolgirls in Japan if we have to believe the anime, don't you? I don't know that I've watched those animes. Okay. This is I, I don't know. Should should I be worried? Uh, let's not concern yourself with things which are probably not gonna happen here anyway. Paint the pretty face, dye the coral lip. Oh my god. Well maybe I'm discovering something about myself. Who oh. knows? Speaking of discovering something about yourself, what do we have in store for our readers this week? Ah, yes. We have a book by Paul Kenyon. It's called yes. The Baroness. She likes her action fast and her yes. men 100 proof. Yes, it's so cool, this cover. And it's, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book. And if not, you can check the show notes and the link. You can go to covermyasscast.com and see this episode 68 or at covermyasscast on Twitter. I got it right this time. Yes, Are you proud of me? That's fantastic. Where you can find episode 68 and it's The Baroness by Paul Kenyon, The Ecstasy Connection. Okay, so, so, so first something about the other thing. She likes her action fast and her men 100 proof. So does that make sense? Half alcohol? I mean, it makes sense for certain like people of the British <laughs> yeah. establishment, I suppose, but like, you know, gin o'clock. But, you know, it's like, would you like some tea? What kind would you like? Oh, whatever you're having is fine. I'm having gin. <laughs> Uh, uh, in the exit connection, yes. we see on the on the on the cover. By the way, if you look down at your podcasting device, all of that. Uh, like there is the Baroness in her in her cool like anthracite cat suit. Yes, with a deep V, carrying a gun, which I think it seems to be like a cross. It's one of those bratatat guns. It is. It's not a Sten because like Sten has the magazine on the side. Oh right, uh, yeah. And this, uh, the magazine is in the bottom, and it's on the bottom. So it it, it, it looks more like a, like a Tommy gun, I suppose, without the drum. And well, it's already extended they, magazine. They, yeah, but they came in both types. They came yeah, with, right. a, with a drum magazine and with a uh, standard it's, stick. It's kind of cool that she's like firing it from the, I mean, not from the hip, but yeah, <laughs> it is braced up it against is, the it boob. Is, right? It is a stupid way to hold the gun. Like she's kind of holding it. Like yeah, well, I'm. I'm doing it here but it's like yes no if you like, if you listen very carefully you can hear him miming what's on the cover how you, how you hold the gun it's, it's an insane way to hold the gun but like it's a machine gun it doesn't really matter i guess it's because she's just fucking great and she's like guns. also leaning back very much like like firing a gun like standing like that i look at her feet she's got like she's got stockinged feet but she's yes. sort of standing as if she's got like high heels on yes but so also she's, she's like sitting back on a bar stool yes exactly so maybe she just has like stealth heels and a stealth bar stool that she can around with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she had all the cool gadgets, didn't she? The gun being one of them, and especially the fact that she manages to <laughs> yes, hide it and like well, while wearing a cat suit <laughs> like that. Like, book does not go into details about the subject, but it was like a quite a. It's it's to everyone's amazement because yeah, she's a she's an international woman of mystery. This is the biggest mystery in, involved, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> who's who's working for the now? Of course, in these in these sort of sixties spy shows, you always have these these organizations with the cool uh, acronyms. Uh, so she works for the multinational, mm-hmm. international, mm-hmm. national, global, yes. 
espionage agency, the M-I-N-G-E or Minge is Minge. what she what she works for. Yeah. I thought it was a bit dumb. I mean like espionage agency by no stretch of the imagination is that a single word. Ex espi- espionage e- espionage agency. agency. Yeah. You're no. supposed to do. Espionage agency. And yeah. how can something be both multinational and international and national and global? Well, that multi- just seems- multi- and if you're multinational you're by definition international. They clearly started off with the acronym and they worked back from there. Uh, the acronym. The- oh, is that... That's a fun one. Yes. In the background, we can see the nemesis of the book, Blowfinger, <laughs> sitting on his throne. <laughs> yes. You can just hear his voice, like, hello, Baroness. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would have been like oh, Alan Rickman in a fat suit, He, he looks it? a bit Asian to me, though. Uh, they, but um, he could also be Alfred Hitchcock. He could, yes. With the... With the yes. And, of course, his three equally bald-headed henchmen, which we shall learn later in the book and refer to as Trini-me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Who uh, initially were were unnamed. They only they they only went by Trini me. Yes, uh, but of course, very quickly we realised that they're identified by their special weapons, which you can see holding there. So one of them is called Garot, and the other two are both called Gun. So it yes, doesn't actually gun, solve gun much. one and gun two. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I can understand why he calls them Trini me. And there's helicopters in the background. There's always, oh, there's cool always got there's always got to be helicopters. Which I I, I try to identify them. I, they they kind of look a little bit like you're you're going gangbusters identifying all the things well, on the cover. I mean, they kind of look a little bit like uh, uh, UEs, but I don't think they are. And we also have the Baroness's faithful but utterly impractical companions, her hounds, yes. Cootie and JJ. <laughs> they're... <laughs> They mean well, yeah. Kutian for JJ. Yes, and they're great. But like Afghan hounds, well, they're well, they're fantastic. I think they're shepherding I hounds. Think, I think they're they're not for shaving. I mean, like, would you? You don't have shaving dogs. Well, I mean, they're called Name Af- a shaving they're called dog. Af- Isn't Afghan a kind of rug? Are they made from dogs? No, Af- <laughs> so Afghan refers to like Afghanistan, the nation right. where they have many things. So these these hounds dogs and come rugs, from- apparently dogs and rugs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and terrorists, IEDs. Uh, yeah, okay, yes, some of that as well, and of course, a, a rich cultural legacy and, and, and history, Oof. which they try to blow up. The, which some of them, the, the days of being able to like point at a good guy and point at a bad guy, oh, uh, very much so. I don't think they really ever existed, but it was well, easier to do so. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's right. And yeah. then Paul Kenyon, like that was certainly like the mode where he was where he was writing the story because you had the, the the good guys were Minge and their and the and the villains they all worked for the also a bad name by the way yeah, yeah. they had very bad names so it was the counter decency law defying unsocial a uh, backronym or yes. anything non cooperative global. Espionage agency or clunge. In the also known as the Evil League of Evil. Oh, no, wait, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's, it's, it's a world of minge versus clunge. And yeah. No, yeah, I see where you're going, where, 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 where the author was where going. Where the author, author yes. went. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the world, which is quite different from our own. Yes, because it was like, the 60s. It was, well, it, was, it has been the 60s in our world as well. Don't forget that. No, okay, but, uh, only for a bit. And it about, wasn't ten, this, about 10 years, as I recall. It wasn't as cool well, as was, this, was, I was it? I wasn't around there. But yeah, so like, the World War II went a little different yeah, in, in I this thought alternate that was very history. Interesting. Yes. I was very um, interested in how, how that went. Yeah, so the Battle of Britain was almost lost by the British uh, forces. And instead of D-Day, th- there was Operation T-Tag, which was the, uh, <laughs> German, yeah. with the German forces invading Britain yeah, and actually gosh. getting a, a foothold. I mentioned this, this was going to come up early. Penzance, yeah. Lanzent. They, they ah, invaded, uh, they invaded yeah. Penzance and it was only due to the, the, the Welsh counterattack that stopped them from moving past Devonshire, I believe the area there is called. And like beat them back, turning it into a Gibraltar-like and Enclave, which has persisted oh, ever wow, since yeah. the uh, end of the war. Because how did that go with Gibraltar? Gibraltar was the English-Spanish War. 
I think Wasn't so, it? yes. I'm not entirely sure how that actually happened. I don't happened. know much about Gibraltar. I have a friend from Gibraltar, and, and she told like, me lots of stuff. Yeah, and, 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 and the Spanish are still quite sore about it, and the British are like, no, you're not having it back. Which is weird, because it's like... Is it still that important? I mean... I, I mean, I, it's right by Spain. It's sort of like the Falklands. Do they have any gun stations there or anything? Their military, any serious military? I guess they have a naval base I've there, told but... you. I've just told you. I don't know anything ah, about well, Gibraltar. Okay. And you're asking me, do they have military? Hey, Kaki, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's the GDP of Gibraltar? I'm like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just a Ford. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> the Gibraltar is Ford. Yes. <laughs> I thought that it was a, a, a really interesting like world because it led to an even more exaggerated like world of espionage in in Britain. Absolutely, it's written from a very British viewpoint. Yes, yes. Uh, we don't talk about the continent. No, I mean Hitler is dead. I suppose uh, that's kind of clear. But I think I get the impression that like most of it is still under nominal German control. Uh, yeah, I, like it's it's weird how it never comes up, right? It it, it doesn't uh, so, because it's not part of the story of this book. At all. <laughs> good, good. What a good book this book. So the leader of of Minge, codenamed Sappho, uh, summons the Baroness from her secret identity, and like she's yes. pretty unique among like international women and men of mystery. That she actually has a secret identity, which she actually rigorously maintains, maintains. and yes. that like there's it's not one of those open secrets that everyone knows about. No, she is a catsuit model, yes. uh, famous uh, for walking the catsuit catwalk uh, where she <laughs> yes. is like the catsuits in all kinds and sizes and well size, every season there's new catsuits to be shown off and she's like and they are great she is the leading catsuit model now what what really impressed me is how much of her day job her secret identity like informs her abilities the things that make her remarkable as, a, as an international woman of mystery and a, and, and a spy like she is the expert of the catsuit catwalk she's also an expert at a form of martial art known as catfighting yes which includes the uh, uh, her signature move the judo scissor, the ha <laughs> just and and right, it's just an instant knockout. It's a jump and a grab and a throw oh, yeah, over, yeah, and it's, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they go down and they and they squeal and they don't get. Yeah, up. I think like I think it's described as jumping up and like squishing the head, the, her enemy's head between her thighs like a ripe melon. Yes, and flinging them over, and then she lands. Enemy in goes a, in flying. A cool pose. And, yes, yeah, squir- squirrel pose. I believe we're calling it now. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because squirrels, they do land in the superhero pose with like one paw down, one of their little <laughs> hands down, and the other one out. Like they're so cool. Coolest trick. Well. I say coolest tree crits, but there's Martins, so it's like ooh. there's Martins and there's and there's red pandas. Oh, there, oh, there are tree critters as well. Yes, I that's right. They're very I much mean, they're tree not, critters. But, I mean, I wouldn't call red pandas cool. I would call them <laughs> utterly adorable, but I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> no, call them cool. Right. We'll leave that for the. <laughs> they do have a the per- they, they, they do have a tendency to face plant when coming out of a bendy tree. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, but oh, they're not so cute. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, she's she's the reason that Clunge hasn't taken over the world. Always thwarting their plots. And, yes, uh, exactly. Like evil plots, like the the. Uh, I mean, at one point, Blowfinger, yeah, um, who course, funded the, the toboggan bomber. Uh-huh. Now, you wouldn't think that that's particularly dangerous, right? Because well, yeah. it was only effective near like toboggan courses, which is a, Wait, oh, you mean like. No, is that tobogganing? The, uh, the it's like the sled. You've got the luge and you've got the bobsled, and a tobogganist. Okay. Tobogganing is a tobogganist is one of those things that Calvin rides on with Hobbes. 
That's oh, a toboggan. It? It's one of is those it? sleds, which is basically a plank with a curved thing on the bottom. Oh, well, one of those then, whatever. I mean, well, can right. you just, like, either way, like a but bomber yeah, you're on thinking, one of those yeah, things. you're thinking luging, the luge bomber, I would suppose. But yes, maybe... maybe uh, it doesn't... A li- a Paul Kenyon, you mean? Yes, Paul no, Kenyon didn't I, know I, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, and which he soundly defeated. Booked quite him right the, out of the tracks, like sent him flying, yeah. exploding like a firecracker high above the crowd. Judo scissor, ah! Uh, <laughs> Her battle cry of, ah! <laughs> yes. And then there was the, the raclette rocket, oh. which also, not like, not terribly dangerous, you would think. Well, but you know, getting molten cheese all over the place can cause some serious second-degrees burns. I know, doesn't I, it? Yeah. It's, oh, it's like, oh, like a little bit of crisp on the top and then, like, all yeah, that molten goodness underneath. Oh, it's so, it's so I know gooey. For, I have some friends who can't stand the smell of it, but... It is a present aroma. Yes. They're very cheesy and very... It, but, it's you know, on top and some nice new potatoes with, like, you know, mm. smothered in cheese and, oh, God, yes. Uh, and so the, she turned the Raclette rocket into, into rather a sensational uh, uh, party by aiming oh. it just shy of the uh, primary school where it was aimed at and instead at a nearby bakery festival yes. or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, 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 but that inspired Blowfinger's next uh, evil scheme, uh, like a death ray that, that served as a croissant decurler. Oh, dear. Yes, we can't. I mean, that was like mostly aimed at France. And I guess in this case, uh, the Baroness showed the uh, proper uh, international relationships as befits an international woman of mystery. That's yes. right. The only worst thing would be weak baguettes. It's like baguettes. Or more than an hour old. Oh, and absolutely. Why yeah. bother? No, fantastic. It's like, I mean, I love going to on vacation in France and having like fresh bread in the morning. It's like, it's, it's so it's good. It's delicious. It's like, you don't, you rarely need anything more than just some butter and a little bit of salt on it. And it's fantastic. It's yes. Like, it's just great. Yeah. You don't need more than We're that. We're just having bread flashbacks mm, here. Like, I do uh, like bread. Readers at home, just, just go do your own thing. Maybe you should read some book or some bullshit we're like gonna that. Have, we're we're going to have a little bread intermezzo. Bread intermezzo. There's probably one of those there. Mm, yeah, well, An interluge. Mm, uh, oh, well. So, the Baroness and her Batwoman driver, uh, Karen Cox, are... Uh, <laughs> yes. Called by Sappho because there is like word is out on the streets that Blowfinger is planning another yes uh, another evil fiendish fiendish an evil fiendish plot. The book turns into a little bit of an investigation where yes. uh, the Baroness goes to and takes her dogs out for a little walk through London and does a little bit casually of casually snooping around snooping around while using uh, her various concealed yeah, gadgets, showing off basically yeah, walking down Oxford her X-ray Street. monocle. Uh, and turns out that uh, the uh, what else did she have? By the way, what other the what other what were your favorite cool gadgets that she used while she was spying? Oh, so she had, uh, I had the X-ray monocle. That was my favorite. What was, what was oh, your favorite? Oh, uh, I guess that would have been the. Uh, Don't say the sonic handbag because that's one of mine as well. <laughs> oh shit! No, come on, you must uh, have a favorite. There were so many. The laser lipstick, the f- the, f- the fashion, uh, the the fashion bracelet. Uh, fashion bracelet, yeah, that's one. The what, one that what? vibrates around her wrist when someone is being terminally unfashionable. Oh yes, uh, I thought it was weird that she needed that. Like maybe she doesn't have the dress sense that 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 we credit what, her. Well, I mean, she is she she, she, she only dress, go for cat suits, right? She does dress what her couturier decides that she should be wearing. A man by the name of Dai Shad. I don't speak Welsh. I have no idea how you pronounce S B A. Let me see it. Dai Spader. Dai Spader. Yes. S B A D D Spader. Yes, which is like yeah. He's her. He's her handler's annex fashion designer. He's the one who designs the cat suits. Yeah. Which I think like okay. I mean, it's a cat suit. How much can you design? I guess you can get a different print or a different. Well, there's also different cuts. Like, where does the underwire go? How do you? Yeah. How deep is? Do we have a V neck or an O neck? How deep is the 
cut on the back. How's that? What's that? What's that called? I mean, the front is called cleaverage. What's oh, it called um, on the back? It's the oh, I know it as no. a plunging back. Yes, but I don't want to say plunge. <laughs> well, we've got a clunge and a uh, <laughs> and a minge, yes, so right. why not a plunge? It sounds like a town in Wales, anyway. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, after she's been uh, uh, walking around, yes, turns out that Trini Me is uh, skulking suspiciously around the BBC towers, and they're just pretending to be like three workmen or yeah. you know three passers-by. They're just not clear on their costumes exactly, and they're all super bored. And they're, they're all I mean, one of them is like wearing one of those typical long uh, brown dust coats, and the other two are both wearing like jogging outfits. Like this is the problem with Trini Me. Yeah. Like one of them tries to do something different, and the other two try to do it's like yeah, they go like dressing conspicuously, and they don't. They they don't coordinate. It's it seems to happen to them over and over again. <laughs> and after they disappear, the Baroness goes in and like does a little bit of stooping of her own. In the uh, BBC broadcast In tower. the B- BBC broadcast tower. And it turns out there, like, uh, the, the plot for uh, Blowfinger is mind-control TV. Yes, the subliminal plan- messaging. Yes. The plan is to, during the uh, broadcast of the Eurovision Fashion Festival, <laughs> to uh, yeah. basically mind-control the nation and take over the country. Yes. Like, I don't understand why, why people, why, why, why criminal masterminds want to take over the country, because it's, like, it's a bit of a fact. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. But, uh, like, no, take one. Yeah, exactly. Taking over the country seems to be the be-all and end-all of it. But and like, then what? And then what? Like, what are you going to do? It's like you have to run the place. It's like, yeah, wouldn't you rather like have their money, or would you rather have just something like whatever? that? But like, yeah, and then they all have the to do what I say. Okay. And then if everyone starts, how are you going to like? Yeah, what's then suddenly in it it's for your you? problem. Then again, we could ask that question of any autocrat. I suppose. Uh, uh, past or present. And I mean, I, I guess money for most autocrats are, yeah, are just as liking to have power. I mean, that's... Like, That's certainly the case for, for, for Blowfinger. So for Midge, yes. it's all hands on deck. She, she reports back to, to Sappho. She's outfitted by Bosles, like essentially Q for, uh, for Minge, who, has all the, who gives her even more cool gadgets. Uh, the Baroness, in her secret identity, is, of course, going to be in the Eurovision Fashion Festival. She's, going to, be, she's going to be on the catwalk. Uh, during the broadcast. Like during she the broadcast. Is, so she's, she's the star of the show. She, so yeah, she's her a appearance. Bit of a problem, yeah. It's well, like, but it's a brilliant plan by, by Blowfinger, isn't it? Like... It not is. only will most people be watching while she's on the catwalk, but while she's on the catwalk, she's also not protecting the country from the mind rake. Exactly. And the mind control TV is actually just another plot. It's just a, a, a fake Yes. Uh, a fake plot because yes, the, there's always the two real, there. the real uh, thing is is to, to draw out the Baroness's identity and expose it by having his plot come to culmination while she is on the catwalk and she's she, she figures that she uh, she will have to expose herself and like for the TV eye of the nation <laughs> everybody will know who the Baroness is uh, uh, yeah and for someone who's I mean she's really set an example to uh, uh, the 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 spy world at large. It's, like having a public life that is private from her extremely successful espionage career. It allows her to be everywhere, and it like nobody's suspicious when a famous catsuit model shows up to be in, in, exactly. in, in one of the nations of. Uh, uh, especially the... in the middle of a velour crisis when you oh. need your catsuit models. Well, to... I mean, like spandex. Was spandex invented back in the 60s? The 60s would have looked very different if spandex was part of them. I guess so. I think it's an 80s thing. Yeah, I mean, Zentai suits didn't show up until later, wasn't it? So... I think it's an 80s thing because I recently read a lot about the creation of the costumes for Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. and they are spandex inside out oh, so they're yes. super uncomfortable to yes. wear 
because spandex is a, is a one way stretch or a bidirectional stretch. Yeah. So it's it's like either it compresses your ribs or it compresses your spine, and, and the costume designers chose for spine. So oh, okay. So it's it it can still be slack about the middle, but it's tight around the shoulders, and it was just a nightmare to wear. And it basically it, it it rode up all the time as well, which lets that you was the later version that had uh, a jacket in it. But yes, right. then that got washed, and then you needed to tug it down. Which, and yeah, it refers to as Picard. No, I thought it was called Picarding. It probably didn't help with uh, what's the face of spine. Uh, uh, oh uh, yes, I would say Will Riker, but that's the character. Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes, yes. Yeah. Who did his famous like f- swing his foot over the chair and sit on it backwards because he had notorious back problems and that was yeah, the only the way he could, yeah, he could sit down properly. <laughs> uh, so we understand now the the importance of couture in the sub kind of space exploration and in this case international espionage. And so what is our Baroness to do? And we think at this point that she's been, that she's been duped. We think that she's going to go ahead uh, uh, and, and, and walk the, 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 the catsuit catwalk walk the plank. as her only way to get near enough to the broadcast to stop this Fiendish plot. And we think that she's going to fall for it and that she's going to reveal herself to save the nation, to stop this, this Fiendish plot. And then she's walking down the catwalk and she doesn't. She doesn't do it. And Blowfinger is sitting there with his, with his finger on the button. Am I really going to have to mind control all of, all of Britain now? And, but then he is judo-scissored by the Baroness's protege, ah. Honeypot, the young up, upstart up, whom she's up been and, secretly training. Yeah. Up-and-coming cat mistress, uh, cat <laughs> walkster. Uh. <laughs> yes, who is an equally, an equally famous uh, tribadour as, uh, as the Baroness Ooh. herself is. Uh, uh, and she, and she, she scissors Blowfinger. From in, behind. Uh. From, <laughs> Into into next year throws the, him throws him straight into Trini Me or like bowled out of the room. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and and now we have four of them who are indistinguishable from each other, leading to another like dastardly escape because there was a little sub, mini sub hiding in the in the Thames at the foot of there the river. There always rib. is. There always is because like you know like, you can't have the the main. I like that it was a little tricycle tub, so the three of them had a. Well, they were like they had like, like a tandem. It was power yeah. pedal, power pedaled. Where exactly. like where uh, Blowfinger sitting in the back and like sh- shouting, "I will get you next time, Baroness." And in this case, of course, <laughs> yeah. Honeypot, who turns out to be I think one of the like stars of one of the. Follow-up books. And yes, it, 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 I like that because she's the Baroness Junior. She's the Baroness's mm, ward. The Robin to Batman, I suppose. Uh, Wait, wasn't that Karen Cox, the the, the Batwoman or driver? Uh, yes, she yes. turned out to be the spy Honeypot. She, oh, she I'm was, just now figuring that out. Ah, that was the same you character. That. Yes. Well, uh, uh, no, like, see, I didn't read it as well as you did. Uh, these these spy novels they're too complicated. They for are me. sometimes they they, they, get, they get a little bit convoluted and it's like yeah maybe at, we shouldn't at, do at that least, many spy novels anymore because they're so complicated to keep track of. Well, at least they didn't they didn't do the sudden reveal and it's based on information that the reader didn't have. I hate it when they do that. And it's oh like, yeah, it's no, like, oh I hate yeah, that too. you could have never that, yeah you could not out. have figured out because like it was information that you didn't. Know. It's like I mean, ideally the, the book is written in such a way that the, the the reader figures it out half a page before the big reveal because then the reader can yes. feel feel clever about himself. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. And that applies to oh, one of my favorite films of last year came out at the very end of the of last year, Knives Out, mm? uh, which I was don't recommended. Think I've seen it. Yeah. It's a whodunit, and it's got uh, Daniel Craig and uh, some some other fantastic actors. And it was by Ryan Johnson, yeah, uh, uh-huh. famous for like the best Star Wars film, Fight Me. And uh, it was recommended to to me by our our mutual horse friend JM, yes, who has made a contribution to this show before. Now I asked him, don't spoil anything for me, like don't don't tell me anything. It's it's a mystery. It's not. No, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll just tell you one thing. I'm like no, please don't. Now, I'll just tell you two things. Okay, it's getting worse, J.M. <laughs> now, I, I swear, it's not a spoiler. He, he's Australian. After yeah. so, and he got two things. One, it rules. And two, Daniel Craig does a voice. And I thought, okay, well, I was a little bit disappointed knowing that. Yeah. But that clue, Daniel Craig does a voice, does not prepare you for the voice that Daniel Craig does. Okay. And he was... Re- 
it rules. It absolutely does. I'll have to watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. And and, and, and hopefully, maybe as a follow-up, Ryan Johnson will turn his tremendous talent to making a, a film adaptation of The Baroness, that The Ecstasy fantastic. Connection. Like, I that mean, would be fucking especially great. if he plays The Baroness, but... Ryan Johnson? Well... He's not an actor, he's just a little director, Oh, man. right, sorry, what am I... I'm, I'm confused. Daniel Craig. No. Uh, Do you want Daniel Craig as the Baroness? Well, that would Fuck be funny. Yes. yes. No, I was thinking, like... I thought, what, what is and then Uma Thurman as Blowfinger. Who is the guy who plays Deadpool? I thought he was called... That was Ryan Johnson, but it's like... No. Ryan Gosling? No. No, Ryan Gosling is the other beautiful man that, yes. that doesn't have a, have a lot of facial expression. What is uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I knew it was a Ryan. The Trinity of Ryans. They Ryan. can be Trinity me. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be That would be great <laughs> Great casting. They'd have to shave them bald, which would look a bit funny. But yes, but that's fine. Then you have one of them who is not a very good actor. That's Ryan Johnson. He just <laughs> and the other two are fucking great actors and beautiful men in and their they, own way. I guess they, and they can try and imitate each other. And they would make a good so a good trinity. Get on yes. that, Ryan Johnson. And so, how are we going to review this book? I mean, oh, well, what time's the watershed? Nine o'clock. Yeah, nine. Uh, let's like uh, okay. So that's twenty-one. Twenty-one hours. Oh, twenty-one. Well, that's, yeah, that's twenty-one hundred because we yes. do we do twenty-four hours. We do, I suppose we do. Uh, so the BBC Tower. Out of twenty-one, is uh, oh, how many how many floors does the BBC Tower have? I don't know. I have no clue. I have never been there. Yeah, what is the GDP of Argentina? <laughs> Four. I told you. <laughs> uh, so okay, so the BBC the BBC Broadcasting Tower out, out of twenty-one of, out of twenty-one watersheds. It's okay, getting no, a bit surreal here, but like, <laughs> so hopefully you can you can do better when you review. Hey. By the way, hint, uh, when you review this episode, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing an opportunity to maybe leave a little star. Or what we'd love even more is if you let us know what you thought, you can get in touch with us at covermyarsecast at gmail.com. If you have a book you'd like us to uh, pretend to review, uh, you can follow us on covermyarsecast. No, that's still not it. And at covermyarsecast on Twitter. And we'd love to hear from you. So what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by Barbara Sherman Hale. The Madam as an Entrepreneur, Career Management in House Prostitution. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, that about covers it. Thank you for joining us. Cover my ass where baffling books were reviewed but not read by your students. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge book by its cover. Out of my wheelhouse with rubbing, rubbing the wrong way, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>